chapter 8, verse number 41, and then we're going to read 41, 42, and skip down to 49. It's a very popular passage. And it says, Behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of a synagogue, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus, at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one and only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. While he's, while he's in verse number 49, and while he sat and spake, there come one of the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And whenever he came into the house where he suffered no man to go, to go in, save Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and he took her by the hand and called her, saying, Maiden, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. If I could, just for a moment, I, I'd like to preach what the Lord's laid on my heart, uh, the influence of a father. And I believe that it's a very important thing that, that us as fathers, uh, that we have, and it's a great responsibility. And I pray that this would just touch somebody this morning like it has me, because I'm telling you what, more now than ever, we need the Father to step up in the house more now than ever. So if you would, just pray for me. Stretch your hand toward me and just pray. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord, and I praise you. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to come into your house and, Lord, to be able to speak what you've given me, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just take me, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord. God, that you would just speak, Lord, any word, every word, Lord. I pray that it would just perceive, Lord, through the throne room of heaven, Lord, that you would speak it and let it come through me, Lord. And God, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place, Lord, and I thank you for every father, Lord. And God, I pray for a special blessing upon them today, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Thank you, Nicholas. And just for a moment, uh, you know, I know that today is Father's Day, and I know that it's a day that we set aside to honor our fathers. And, and to all my uh, fellow fathers, I say, I, I honor you this morning because I know that it's a big responsibility that God has given us. And you know what? I thank God for the privilege uh, of being a father, and I also thank God and I cherish every memory that I have with my father whenever he was alive. And uh, and I know that, that listen, I know that as, as time goes by, I still see things that go on with my girls that I said, you know what, uh, I remember doing that with my dad. And, uh, and, and those are awesome memories, but I also thank God today because uh, of the responsibility and the tremendous honor that it is for me to be the father of three beautiful girls. And, uh, and you know what, I, I know that that's a, a big responsibility sometimes, but you know what, I know that I've made some mistakes uh, whenever I, I, I've been doing this, Rodney, as being a father, but you know what, I like to think that i got a few things right along the way so far. And, uh, you know, every time that my girls do something that's not really uh, too popular, you know, that, that's when they become my kids. You know what I'm saying? If my girls do something like if they leave dishes laying on the table and they, Darla will say, that, that's you. You know, I, I never get credit when they do something really good, but it's always stuff like that. 
But I, I like to think that, that I've, uh, throughout my, my life and, and the 15 years that I've been a father now, that I like to think that I've influenced our children in, in some pretty good ways in the way that they've turned out. I also know that as a man in position in, in our church, in, in leadership, that I know that God has placed me in, in a place of being an influence over a bunch of teenagers. And, uh, you know, sometimes that turns out good and sometimes not so good. But, uh, you know what, I, I appreciate that challenge that he's given me. And I say that to, to be a reminder that sometimes as men, we often underestimate the influence that we have in our children's life. Sometimes we under, uh, underestimate that. Fathers, you have an influence that, that, you know what, every single day we're influencing our children and everything that we do, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that our conduct is, everything that we do, our children are looking to us, whether they be male, whether they be female, it doesn't matter, but they're looking for us. Our sons are looking uh, to us to see how we treat our spouse. Amen? And sometimes our daughters, they're looking at us because they want to see what they want in a husband in one day. And you know what? I believe that our sons and daughters, they're, they're each and every one, they're looking at us because they're wanting to see how we carry ourselves. They're wanting to see how, how we appreciate God's house and how we appreciate the Word and, and how we appreciate the things of God because each and every time, listen, whether you know it or not, they're looking at each and every one of us. And you know what? I, I believe that they're going by our examples. You see, I, I believe that they're, they're wanting to learn how our faithfulness is. When all hell breaks loose in our life, they're wanting to know what are we going to do. Are, are, are we going to be faithful to God's house whenever everything's going on? Are, are we going to be obedient to the Word? Are we going to worship? Are, are we going to serve God and, and serve others whenever people are in need? Because I'm telling you, they're watching us from a distance, but I promise you, they're watching us. You see, it's a lot of responsibility but that's the way that God intended it to be. God placed a lot of responsibility on each and every one of our lives as men. And, and not only in the home, but, but also in the church as well. You can read in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 21 through 28. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13. God placed men in special leadership forms, not only in the house of God, but he wants us to be the, king, the, he wants us to be the head of our house. He wants us to be the leadership of our house. You see, and, and if you sit there and you don't think, you wonder whether or not that our influence as men, whether we're truly being the influence of our, 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 our children or not. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. Over the past 10 years, the number of murders that are committed by teenagers has risen from 1,000 per year to over 4,000 per year. You see, you think maybe, you know what, I'm really not influencing my children the way that I should. Over the past 30 years, there has been a 550% increase in violent crime in our nation. Uh, there's been a 400% increase of illegitimate births in our country. A 200% of teenage pregnancy is in, our, in our country over the last 30 years. And a 300% of teenage suicides in the last 30 years in our country. You see, the vast majority of these statistics that I give you, uh, a lot of them are mentioned, they, they come from a home without a father. You see, over 75, over 70% of uh, kids that are locked up in juvenile reformatory schools or, or, or just locked up here, they come from homes without a father. You see, I, I tell you, never underestimate the responsibility that God's given each and every one of us as fathers. Listen, you may not be a father in here this morning. You may say, you know what, I don't have no children. Never underestimate the influence that you have of kids that are centered around you because I'm telling you what, God's given each and every one of us a responsibility. And I'm going to tell you something, if somebody doesn't have a father, we can be a father to the fatherless. Amen? 
Because I tell you what, God is wanting to do something in this next generation, but he's needing somebody to be an example to this next generation. What are we going to do whenever everything's falling apart, whenever everything in their life, they, they have no stability? And Nicholas, they're going to be looking to somebody that says, you know what, I've got a little bit of stability, and I'm going to point them to Jesus. Amen. And I truly believe that that's what God wants us to do. God is looking. We, we, you may not have to be a physical father, but I'm going to tell you something. We can father the fatherless. There's somebody in this church that you can reach out or around you that you can absolutely pour your heart into. And see, since our responsibility is so great, we need to know how to carry ourselves throughout whenever we move throughout life. And this passage introduces us to a man by the name of Jarius. And most of us were well acquainted with this story. Jarius, he had a young daughter that was sick. He fears that her sickness is so fatal that, you know what, that he can't save her, but he's believing that a man by the name of Jesus can do it. And you see, so what he does is, as any grieving father would do, is, you know what, he goes and he asks, he gets in Jesus' presence just a little bit. As the events of this passage plays out, we're going to see that Jesus, uh, that Jarius teaches his wife and his daughters and his servants all that are watching, he teaches them a very important lesson about obedience and faith. You see, Jarius could have sent anybody, but you see, he knew that he had to do it himself. There's just some things that, that listen, throughout life, there's just some places that God's going to get you in a place where he's going to say, you know what, nobody else can do this, but I, 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 just you're going to have to get alone with me just for a little bit. You're going to have to learn how to get into my presence because he said in my presence is the fullness of joy. Listen, if you're going to ever experience the fullness of joy, listen, you're going to have to seek after it just a little bit. You're going to have to go after what Jesus has for you. And you see, he heard about it. And you see, this morning I want to share with you three little points, that three lessons that Jairus taught those who he influenced that were in his, his little inner circle just a little bit. I want to remind you that you're influencing somebody every minute of the day. Everything that we do, there's somebody that's watching you. We need to make sure that that influence counts not only for our house but for the house of God. Amen. And the first one that I want to introduce to you is how he approached Jesus. In verse number 41 it says, and there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus, and he besought him that he would come to his house. I don't know about you, but whenever I sat there and I thought, how did this man, how did he, how did he approach Jesus? Listen, whenever you're desperate, you'll do desperate things. Whenever you, you'll, you'll go after him whenever everything's going wrong in your life and you need some kind of, of clarity that's going on. And that's what Jairus did. You see, we, we read about Jairus and, and he was the ruler of a synagogue. This means that he was a primary official who oversaw the business of the synagogue. He would have a major part in every part of the service in the, in the synagogue. He was responsible to make sure that everything was in order just a little bit. He made sure that he was the one that handled the Torah scroll that he would bring out and he would lay out. He made sure that somebody was reading the scripture. He made sure that, that he led the worship and, and, and the worship was off the charts just a little bit. He made sure that the grounds were taken care of. He made sure that the house of God looked presentable. He made sure that everything was looking all up to par. You see, probably today we would think of Jairus as a pastor. And, uh, and, and you know, Jairus, uh, he, he, by position in the synagogue, he was an important man in the community. How many knows that sometimes people see pastors as being pretty important? Uh, but you know what? Whenever Jairus, he, he was a man of, of prestige. He was a man of privilege. He was a man of prosperity. He was a man of power in the community. 
And whenever Jerry spoke, everybody listened. When he walked into a room, everybody stood up in, in attention and they recognized Jairus because of who he was and the position that he had in the community. You see, he would have been uh, uh, one of the numbers of the most prestige religious societies of those days. You see, Jairus had it all together by everybody's expectations and, and they perceived him to, to be one of the most religious scholars of the days. But you see, everybody thought that he had it all together. But this man who had reached the pinnacle of success in society, but at this moment of time, none of it really mattered to him. You see, suddenly he finds himself in a place where, where none of this stuff even matters because sickness and death had come to his house. He was His possessions and his titles and all of his accolades, at this moment, none of them mattered to him because he had a daughter that was sick and she was dying. You see, he could care less about what everybody thought about him at this time because his most precious prized possession was dying. And you see, he, he didn't care. Here, here was a man who was religious, but his religion had no power over this death that was coming to his house. You see, so many times we get caught up in a religion, but instead of getting caught up in the anointing, amen? I, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a religion, but I'll give you everything for the genuine power of the Holy Ghost that falls in the house. Because I'm going to tell you, it's the anointing that's going to destroy every yoke of bondage. And Jarius knew that there was something about this Jesus. He knew that there was something about him. You see, everything that he'd done, if it was anything in, in his power, he would have been able to do it. But he knew that he couldn't do anything to save his little sick daughter. You see, he had heard and, and, and he had traveled and he had done everything, but nothing in his power would work to heal his child. You see, everything that this man wanted in life, you see, at that moment, it really didn't amount up to anything. You see, death had come to his house and it come for his most prized possession, his little daughter. And in Matthew, or yeah, Matthew, or Mark chapter 23, he says that he calls that it's his one and only daughter. Luke chapter 8 verse 42, she was dying and nothing else mattered to him at that moment. Here's what I want you to see this morning. This powerful man, this most influential man, this man of great standard in the community, he was not ashamed to humble himself before the Lord. He came to the Lord reverently, prayerfully and passionate. You see, whenever he got into the Lord's presence, I, I don't believe that he cared. He didn't care about who all else was around, but he just got to his. He got to Jesus' feet. And he said, "I need a touch from the Master this morning." Listen, he wasn't a father that said, "I want to send somebody else to do what I can do," but he said, "I got to get into His presence for myself. I got to do it because that's my responsibility as a father this morning." So you know what? He passionately come. And whenever he said he fell at his feet in verse number 41, the word fell means to descend from a high place to a lower place. I'm going to tell you something. There's sometimes that we got to get off our high horse and we got to we got to humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes we get caught up as men and thinking that, you know what, that we've got everything figured out. But God says, I want to take you from somewhere and I want you to descend and I want you to get at my feet and I want you to worship me. You see, Jerry has come down off his lawful porch and he humbled himself at the Lord's feet. You see, dads, that, that's a, that's, this is something that I, I believe that our children need to see us do often. They need to see men that are not afraid to approach Jesus. They need to see men that are not afraid to, to humble themselves right at the feet of Jesus and say, you know what, I'm not going to get up until you bless me. 
They need to see people that are not ashamed to kneel in public and they're not afraid to kneel in our houses. Listen, it's one thing when we kneel at these altars, but I promise you, we need to make altars at home that our children are seeing us example ourselves and, and humble ourselves at home as well. Hey Amen. I believe that they need to see that because Jairus was a hopeless man. He was helpless without the Lord's help. You see, let me ask you some questions this morning. Do your children even know that you're saved this morning? Do your children even, and listen, this right here, this, this struck me, and, and Darla looked at me this morning, and whenever she seen this, and she said, ah, do your children even know your personal testimony of salvation? Now, I know that my girls are a little bit young, and, and Tana's getting old enough now to, to me be able to share that testimony with her of what the Lord's done in my life. But you know what? I'm not ashamed of what, what the Lord's brought me from. But let me ask you another question. Do your children even remember the last time that you as their father has personally shared the gospel with them? Listen, it's not our pastor's responsibility to only to be able to share the gospel. It's not, it's not the youth pastor's job. It's not EMS. It's not uh, Angela's job just to be able to share the gospel. But us as fathers, we need to be sharing the gospel with our children. Amen. And let me ask you this. Do your children see you pray before the Lord? Do they see you making an altar at home? Do your children know that God comes before everything else in life. Hey Amen. I, I tell you what, it, it's a shame anymore whenever we're more interested in, in going, taking our, our, our trip to the lake or, or going and chasing a golf ball or playing a sport instead of being in the house of the Lord. Listen, I, I know that sometimes the, those are nice things and, and we do that, but you know what, it's another thing. This right here, I, it, it's a shame whenever we see men that send their, their families to church and they stay home. Listen, we need to be the example more now than ever. Men and children around us, listen, they're looking at us as an example. They must see us setting the example of approaching Jesus. They don't see us going after him with everything that's in us. Don't let them see us uh, thinking that it's more important to do anything else than, and then making the house of the Lord a priority. Listen, we need to make his house a priority more now than ever. You see, it's a lesson when learned. It's not easy forgotten. And I, I read this story. It said, once I read about a farmer who labored all summer, spring and summer, for a crop of wheat. The harvest was, it was near. And whenever they, they got time for this bumper crop, the crop was sorely needed to pay off creditors and suppliers to secure the family for another year. Just a few days before the crops were, were to be harvested, a freak storm that brought strong wind and hail completely destroyed the crops and the harvest was completely lost. The farmer stood beside the field and he looked at the ruined crop and a small son, his small son stood nearby. The boy expected his father to react in anger and despair. He expected his father to curse the weather and maybe even God. But instead his father began to sing softly, Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. When the boy reached adulthood, he said that was the greatest sermon that he had ever heard. His father had demonstrated a genuine faith that was real in good times and in bad. And that's the faith that a son should speak of about his father. You see, I believe that whenever we learn how to approach Jesus, I believe the second thing is in, verse, in, in Mark chapter 23, I didn't give you guys that one, uh, we need to learn how to appeal to Jesus. And, and in Mark it, it says this, it said, My daughter lieth. At the point of death, I pray thee, come, lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. 
the thing about it is, 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 is Jairus, not only did he get at his feet, but you know what? He said, you know what? i got to appeal to him just a little bit. You see, Jairus realized it at, at pretty quick that his wealth, that his prestige, that all of his accolades wasn't going to do anything for his daughter at this point. He knew that his social position and his power, all of his access was great in town, but at this moment, it was useless. He couldn't do anything. Probably for the first time in Jairus' life, he realized that, you know what? I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I don't have anything that I can do for my loved one. But I believe that whenever we read this passage right here, what you see from Jairus is he, he became a man that was desperate. And I, I appreciate our ladies that come in every Tuesday and they pray. And I believe that Jerry has become an intercessor. I believe that he said, you know what, I, I can't do nothing. It, it, this is something that's above me. So me as a father, I'm going to pray. If I can't do anything else, the, 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 most, the, the least thing that we can do is we can pray like we've never prayed before. And you know what, sometimes Jerry, uh, I, I believe that he heard about something that, that he was so weak, but that he knew that there was somebody out there that was so strong. You know, somewhere Jerry's heard about Jesus. And whenever he was enlightened about that, I believe that you'd seen a, a Jewish official that, you know what, that had re relied so much on, on his prestige and, and all these accolades so much that, you know what, he got so heavy hearted. He said, you know what, I got to have the Lord. I need the Lord to do something in me so God can do something great through me. And, uh, and I truly believe that he, he looked at Jesus to heal his daughter. And, and I, I believe that, that we're going to do so many great things. I, I believe that, that God wants to do great things through us as fathers. And he's looking to us to be the example for our children more now than ever. He said, you know what, I want you to appeal. You see, he publicly declared his faith and his devotion to the Lord. And you see, at this time, Jairus was a, he, he, he was a big wig in the synagogue. And this was frowned upon. And, and Jerry said, you know what, I, I've tried everything else. If it was in my power, I would do it. But he said, you know what, it's something above me. So you know what, he went to the Lord and he humbled himself. You see, dads, it's our responsibility to lay our children at the circle that's in our influence at the feet of Jesus. It's to make sure that their spiritual upbringing, make sure that their salvation, one of the greatest gifts that we can ever give our children as fathers is the gift of prayer. We need to teach our children to pray more now than ever. We need to be diligent. We need to take, listen, if your children aren't saved, listen, this is a great opportunity. We need to be taking our children before the Lord and saying, you know what, God, I know that you're going to protect them. I know that you're going to keep them. I know that you're going to keep your hand upon them because I'm going to tell you something. It's that appetite that will come that's going to make you, they're going to watch what you're doing. And I, I promise you, God is faithful. If you see, who, who I, I truly believe that that we, we need to surround ourselves. And we need, so many times we take God so lightly that, that, uh, that, that we just miss what God wants to do in and through us. God, God is saying, you know what, I want you to appeal to me. I want you to come faithfully. I want you to come boldly before me. I want you to stand. I want you to be everything that I've called you to be more now than ever. And I want you to be that example because you're influencing the next generation. And one of the things that you'll notice is that Jairus did what he did in public, and, and he wasn't ashamed of that because he didn't care about that. You see, he didn't send a servant for Jesus. He didn't allow anybody else to do what was his responsibility. He publicly humiliated himself in order to get a hold of the Lord this way. Dad, men, I, I truly believe for us to be the examples that he's called us to be today, that we've been given an opportunity to influence children and our circle in our generation, our family, 
to influence the lives for Jesus. And one of the ways that we can do this is through our public worship. And, and my thing is, is do your children see you worship the Lord in church? Have you ever, ha, have they ever heard you give your testimony in a public place? Do they ever, have, have they seen you faithfully place Jesus ahead of all other things in life? Do they see a man that loves the Lord unconditionally and everything around him and everything everybody around him knows it? In Micah chapter 6, verse number 8, he says, He that showeth thee, O man, what is good, and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but do justly, and do love mercifully, and walk humbly with the Lord thy God. The children around us, they're, they're, seeing our, they're looking for our dedication. Are you being dedicated to the Lord this morning? Are you walking uprightly before the Lord? They must see us trusting in Him before they will ever trust in Him. They're looking to, for us to be faithful to Him before they're going to be faithful to Him. And the third thing that I want to speak to you, the first thing we, is how to approach Jesus. The second thing was how to appeal to Jesus. And in verse number 50 and 51, how He associated with Jesus. And it, verse number 50 says, But when Jesus heard it, He answered saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And whenever he came to him in the house, he suffered no man to go in but Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. When Jairus came to Jesus, he, he told the Lord, he said, you know what, I, I need you, and i, I got to have you more now than ever. He intimately uh, placed himself where, where Jesus and he said, you know what, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed, I, I need you to come home with me. And you know what, in, in verse number 51, Jairus brought Jesus home with him, and he wasn't ashamed to confess him in public. He wasn't ashamed of Jesus. He didn't care who sent him come home because, you know what, in the long run, I believe that Jesus laid out a challenge for all of us men today that going to church is one thing, but taking Christ home with us is another thing. And you see, I would remind us that it's a responsibility. It's a spiritual foundation. But you know what, that it's not the church's responsibility, but it's your responsibility as a father. Amen. It's not pastor's responsibility to make sure that your children have a firm foundation, but it's our responsibility as fathers to make sure that our children have a firm foundation. It's not your wife's responsibility to make sure that your children are in the house of the Lord, but it's our responsibility. It's, not your, it's your responsibility to make sure that they're learning the Bible. It's your responsibility that we teach them to walk in the principles of God and they watch the way that we walk in our lives. You see, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're guarding the things in our home, that we're making sure that we're watching what our children watch, that we're watching what our children are listening to, or that we make sure we watch what they're listening to. Because I'm going to tell you something, the enemy is trying to snuff out a next generation. And if we're not, if we're not on, on our guard, then I'm going to tell you something, he's going to steal the next anointing out. You see, it's our responsibility to make sure what they hear and what they learn because I promise you what you reap, you will sow this morning. And you know what? I believe that it's our responsibility to make sure that we take Christ to our house and be sure that he comes home with each and every one of us. You see, when Jairus brought Jesus home, everything changed. His daughter was raised from the dead. His children, his, his, Jesus was glorified just a little bit. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, says, Train up a child in the way they should go. And whenever he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, just because your child is, is being brought up in church doesn't mean that they won't stray. Just because that, that, that you've done everything in your power. And listen, I, I know that there's a lot of mommies out there that their, 
they're praying over their lost children a little bit. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be all right. I know that things are going to, some things are stray, but I promise you this right now. It, it, I believe whenever we do that, I believe that, that we're getting them ready. I, I believe they know the difference between right and wrong. I believe that they know their moral guide and their actions. I believe that God knows that the difference between right and wrong, like I said once before, and it means that, you know what, they've been given a guide of right direction. Men, we need to teach our children that, you know what, that God's going to show up whenever we get in His presence. But we need to teach our children how to get into His presence. What's the influence of a father this morning? He teaches kindness by being thoughtful and gracious at home. He teaches patience by being gentle and understanding over and over. He teaches honesty by keeping his promise to his family even when it cost him. He teaches courage by living un, unfavored with faith in all circumstances. He's not afraid. He teaches justice by being fair with everyone. He teaches obedience to God's word. He teaches the love of God and His church by taking His family regularly to the house of God. His steps are important because others are following Him. No matter what, us, us as fathers, we have a great responsibility for it. And, and I believe that, that God is challenging us. And I run across this statistic that I, that I can see at the uh, Men's Committee Foundation, Christian Business Men's Committee uh, put up. He said, when an actor believer, when a father is saved, 75% of his family is in the house of God. But when a mother is only saved in the house, only 15% of the family comes. Now, I, I'm going to say this, and, and I believe this with all my heart. If it wasn't for the women of the church, there would be no church. Amen. Listen, I believe that the women pray like they're there. But I'm going to tell you something. God needs some men to step up. God's looking for the man to step up in the house because he's dependent upon us. Usually when a, fam when a, a father's saved, the, house, the whole house is coming to church. And in closing, Nicholas, you come. When Jesus, whenever, uh, when it comes to Jesus, Jairus led his family in the right path. And because of it, he had a daughter that would have died, but she lived. A wife that would probably have known nothing but sorrow, she found joy. A home that had been surrounded in darkness, darkness was given great light. All because this man Jerry has cared enough as a father to seek Jesus, to share Jesus, and to submit, and to submit to Jesus. And I believe that that's the challenge that he's wanting to give every father, every man. Is he saying, you know what? I want you to go after me. I want you to, I want you to share Jesus. I want you to submit to Jesus. That should be our challenge as fathers today. Listen, we, we need to make sure that our children know, know of the gospel. Don't let them be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to let them see you pray. Don't be ashamed to let them see you cry. Don't be ashamed to put your arms around them and pray for them. Because they need to see that in a father. And this morning, if you would, as we stand across the building. I believe that the Lord has issued a challenge to each and every one of us. I know whenever He spoke this message to me, I knew that it wasn't going to be a, a knockdown, drag out like a, because He gave me a lot of stuff right there. But I, I truly believe that He's challenging us as fathers on this Father's Day. Listen, if you're if you're struggling in a certain area, listen, He can help you. But I promise you, you got eyes that are watching you every time you make a 
and they're going to see what kind of movement you're making. Listen, you may not be a father. You may just, you may not have children, but I'm promising you, there's somebody that's watching your example. So let's set the right example. Let's lead them to the cross this morning. As we pray, listen, just ask God, God, what can I do? What can I do for my children to be greater in the kingdom? Help me pray. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today and we praise you. God, we love you. We adore you. We thank you for everything, Lord. And God, I pray right now, Lord, don't let us underestimate, Lord, the influence as a father. God, the influence of a man, Lord. God, let us be the example that you called us to be more now than ever, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just challenge us, Lord, to be who you called us to be, Lord, in a greater measure. God, teach us, Lord, how to approach you. God, teach us how to appeal to you and teach us how we associate with you. God, I pray right now, Lord, as we humble ourselves, Lord, at your feet, Lord. God, as we become aggressive, Lord, as we lay our children at your feet. And God, I ask you right now, Lord, if there's something in our lives, if there's somebody that's watching my live stream right now, Lord, that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, they're not being the example, Lord, that you've called them to be, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just let us be that example. And God, I pray, Lord, and I love you for everything that you mean to us, Lord. Challenge me, Lord, to be a better father, to be a better example, Lord. And God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. This morning, I challenge you, just, just talk to the Lord for just a moment. If you've got your father here with you, listen, lay your hands on him and pray with him this morning. Listen, it's time that we as the fathers, it's time we, we as the men that we step up and we be who God's called us to be more now than ever as they sing.